0: Guys, you know, everybody says we shouldn't talk about religion or politics, but I think tonight we need to jump in the middle of both of them. Let's do it. Since when have we listened to them anyway? (laughs) You're right. Let's go.
1: You know what makes women stupid is called. Jesus was not a bartender.
2: back! Two. You have lost your mind. Long-tongued heifers have given me a lot more trouble than heifers wearing breeches, and you know that. Say amen right like there. One. Let me tell you something, bozo. They'll be sending frosties in hell for this boy who puts on a pair of pink underwear. Amen. I sucked my thumb till I was 14 years of age.
0: Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. We're your hosts, Brian, Nathan, and JC coming to you live and in person. What an incredible, crazy, weird, heavy, week that we have lived through. But we want to <laughs> thank Free Life Soap for being a sponsor of the Recovering Free Fundamentalist Life. podcast. You can check them out today by going to the therecoveringfundamentalist.org. Click on the Free Life Soap tab. Use your promo code RFP. Get 20% off of your order When you order through the website. And hey, guys, I don't know if everybody realizes this, but as of us
3: recording tonight on Friday night, there are only 17 spots left at the
0: Idea Summit. They are almost sold out wow. it is going to be absolutely incredible January 25th and 26th you can go to recoveringfundamentalist.org click on the idea Summit tab use your promo code RFP meetup and get a percentage off of your ticket. Come hang out with the recovering fundamentalist podcast and so many of our friends in Vegas for the idea Summit.
3: Well guys this week has been crazy by all standards yeah politically, national upheaval, fighting, disagreement, borderline revolution in our nation's capital. Yeah. And we've all three talked about how heavy our hearts are. And I think if your heart's not heavy in this time, then your head's buried in the sand because ideas have consequences and the direction our nation is going is honestly terrifying because our kids have to live in this reality. But I think as Christians, we need to talk tonight about what our response is to what's going on around us. And what is the gospel? What is the gospel we're preaching? Is it a political leader or are we preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ? Is there hope or should we be in despair?
0: So I think that's a topic that's going to keep us pretty busy for a little while. I agree. I think so many Christians have sung very passionately that God is perfect in all of his ways, that he's sovereign over us all. And that's still the truth. Even though his ways aren't our ways and his thoughts aren't our thoughts, this election didn't take God by surprise. But I believe there's a lot that even tonight, listening to this episode, you're struggling with believing what you've been singing for a very long time.
4: Well, if we believe that it's God who puts kings and leaders in place, as the Bible says, then we have to believe that for his plan and purpose, that Joe Biden, regardless of how the election was won and what your feelings are about that, God is sovereign over all. So we have to believe that Joe Biden, by God, was put in that place. That should change the way we speak about the outcome. We need to be careful that we don't speak against what God is doing to fulfill his plan and purpose, even when his plan and purpose is invisible to us, when his plan and purpose doesn't make sense to us. We need to be careful how we speak about the outcome of elections because God is in control.
0: And I think something that has happened during these last four years especially, kind of along the lines of what we've been doing with this podcast for the last year, is people say that we broad brush and put all Independent Fundamental Baptists in one box, that bad Independent Fundamental Baptists, all of them are bad Independent Fundamental Baptists and legalists and you fill in the blank. But we say that every episode, they're not. We have friends and family that are IFB and we don't lump them all together. But I think what's happened in these last four years is that all evangelicals, if you will, have become the Kool-Aid drinking Trumpers that were not all one and the same. I mean, I think back right at the beginning, you've got the former president of Liberty University that was giving large sums of money, who is in four years, no longer the president there. But he was preaching the gospel of Trump, very strong. You got Paula White and who knows what the heck she was doing, calling angels from Africa and prophesying that Trump was going to win and that angels from Africa were coming. What what is that? I mean, that's Mm. so far biblical. Who knows what that is? You got Kenneth Copeland laughing like a demonic, whatever he was on the stage when Joe Biden was, they said that Joe Biden was president and he's laughing at it. I mean, That's not us. And unfortunately, guys, there are guys that we know, that we see on Twitter, that we are friends, quote unquote, with, who have been preaching the gospel of a president louder than they've been preaching the actual gospel. And I worry that they have turned a lot of people, both Christians and
4: non-Christians, off to hearing the gospel. JC, it's an issue of the church forgetting our central message. Paul said, I will preach the cross of Jesus Christ. I'm going to preach Jesus. You remember Paul said to Timothy, preach the word, not about the word, not around the word, preach the word. Mm. And we get distracted with political messages and national messages, and our focus needs to be on the message of Jesus Christ because he is truly the hope of the world. No government official will ever replace Jesus Christ as the Savior and hope of the world. Amen.
3: And I think this can go both ways. There are people who have been in despair for the last four years because Donald Trump was president. And there are people who are going to be in despair for the next four years because he's not the president. And Mm -hmm. I've heard people say over the past four years that a Christian cannot vote Democrat. And I've heard people say that a Christian cannot vote for Donald Trump. If you want to talk about broad brushing, that's broad brushing the issue. And what it does is it sets up basically a black and white issue that's not black and white. It sets it up as a issue of good and evil. And the problem with that is that both political parties in the United States of America are corrupt. And if independents could take
0: over, they would be corrupt. Right. I believe... with what Paul Kidd said. He tweeted the other night, there is no spiritual hope found in government. The hope is only found in Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I believe there's a lot of pastors who need to be held accountable for putting not only their personal hope, but the hope of the people that they shepherd in a president. I think what we're seeing now in certain ways is the idolatry of a president And when that person is no longer there, there's the collapse of their hope.
4: Well, the book of Hebrews says that we've been given a better hope. Mm -hmm. We don't hope in a government. Mm -hmm. We don't hope in a president. We don't hope in a presidential cabinet. We don't hope in a political party. And any time a political agenda or a political figure becomes the hope of the believer's heart and life, then we're badly distracted. I've been watching online as people are posting people who profess to be Christians. And if I were an unbeliever and I were reading these posts, I would believe that the Christian's hope is the same as everyone else's, that there's going to be a better government that's going to give us more rights, that's going to equal better pay. I would believe that the Christian is hoping in the same thing that the world is hoping in. And yet our hope is, is none other than Jesus Christ. And regardless of mm-hmm. who's president, our hope will not fail. It's a better hope and better promises. And we know the one who has made those promises and the one that our hope is anchored in, he will fulfill all of those promises. And our eternal destiny is going to be all right, regardless of what a political outcome is.
0: Amen. Amen. Billy Graham said, my hope does not rest in the affairs of this world. My hope rests in Christ who is coming again.
4: Man, I love that.
0: Uh, Yeah. And I think it's time for all of us as Christians to
3: acknowledge that we are, like Daniel, living in Babylon. Yeah. This is not a Christian nation. Our nation is drifting further and further away from the truth. And the truth is that... The church, the true church of Jesus Christ is the salt and the light in this nation, not a political party.
0: Hmm.
4: Yeah, but when we sell out to a political party, we lose that impact.
3: Yeah, and when we pretend like a certain political party is right and another political party is wrong, then we're misrepresenting the truth because when both parties are corrupt, but we just Cover for the corruption on our side because we think the corruption on the other side is worse. I believe we're prostituting the gospel Mm. and making an idol, like JC said, of something that cannot hold up under the weight of our worship. Only Jesus can hold up under the weight of our worship, and only He should be worshiped.
4: Amen to that. And you know, Mm. it's been sad over the past few years. I've heard. Uh, the message of Donald Trump preached repeatedly from sermons. And, and Donald Trump has not lived a good life. He, he's not been uh, exemplary in his lifestyle. and And to hear his name preached from the pulpit over people that have been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ is really sad because We're to preach the message of Jesus. Our message is that our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. We dare not trust earth's sweetest frame, but Mm. wholly lean on Jesus' name. That's our message. You you think about it. Donald Trump made the statement when asked about repenting, he made the statement that he had never committed sins bad enough to repent of. And Mm. we're gonna preach that name over the church uh, that's, that's beneath the message that we've been given by Jesus to preach. Why in the world would I preach the message of a president when mm. I can preach the message of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ?
0: There's so many pastors that preach so hard against sin, but yet they've overlooked because of a political figure, the president, who is very blatantly living opposed to what they are preaching,
3: and guys, I don't know if people realize this, but we're called to share the gospel with Democrats come on Republicans, with liberals, with conservatives. And when we set up a political party or a political leaning as the basis of sharing the gospel, when I build walls around my church because I have a national platform and I get online and social media and rant, about Democrats being evil and calling them demoncrats and basically quoting Alex Jones and Glenn Beck more than I quote the Bible and reading their party lines. I'm I'm prostituting the gospel and I'm making the gospel cheap because I'm called to love people that I disagree with politically. I'm not called to demonize them. And one of the things that bothers me is I line up closer to one political party than I do another one. We all do. But when we demonize Joe Biden mm-hmm. and pretend like he's never done anything good, pretend like he hasn't overcome great odds in his life, pretend like he didn't go through great tragedy when he lost his wife and his kid and all all the things that he's been through. When we have to demonize him, we're falling into the trap of the people that demonize Donald Trump. Because I don't think Donald Trump is the devil. Yeah, he's done a lot of bad things. Yeah, I don't think he is a true Christian. If he hasn't repented, he's definitely not a true Christian. I know people have said he became a Christian in his first term. I hope he did. But I I don't think he's the devil, and I don't think people need to demonize him. Do I agree with everything he says? No. Do I agree with everything Joe Biden says and is going to do? Absolutely not. Uh Mm-mm
0: but the gospel is so much bigger than a political party. And what does scripture tell us to do? Pray for our leaders. Yeah. That means we're called to pray for Joe Biden, even though we didn't vote for him, even though we don't agree with a lot of his policies, we're supposed to pray for him. Supposed to pray for Donald Trump, pray for Barack Obama. We're not following scripture if we're well, that's not my president. I'm not praying for him. I think the thing that I struggle with a lot is around a lot of conservative Christian rhetoric where they say we need revival, but that seems to regularly function saying we need to win this election, that mm-hmm. God will move if we win this election. Let me ask you guys this question. Is tying revival to an election outcome taking God's name in vain?
4: Well, JC, the correct definition for taking the name of God in vain is to use the name of God without a purpose. It's just to say God's name for no reason at all, and his name is too high and too holy to be spoken without a purpose. I'm not really sure that it would be taking the name of God in vain, but it would be greatly underestimating the power of God. Hmm. It would be assuming that God can't revive by his own power, as a result of his own will, that he needs somehow the outcome of an election to move in our nation. And I'll just say this, the election or the outcome of an election is not the issue in America. The issue in America is the church not being the church. And so if we want to see revival, it's not God win America, it's God win the church. It's Mm. It's not God reprove America. It's God reprove the church. Mm. The church is the issue in America. As a matter of fact, Jesus said to his followers, you're the light of the world, a city mm. set on a hill which cannot be hidden. The darkness gives us an opportunity to shine brighter, but we can't shine the light of Jesus Christ if we're all down in the dumps as if our hope depends on the outcome of an election.
3: Mm-hmm. JC, you stirred up a little bit of a hornet's nest this week when you posted about Second Chronicles 7, 14. It talks about if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then will they hear from heaven and forgive their sins and heal their land. Right. And I know I didn't quote that verbatim. Y'all can forgive me on that. It was definitely King James though. So <laughs> uh, that's what I memorized it in. But Amen. JC's point was that that is not talking about America. Well, anybody who wants to disagree with that, we need to have another conversation because it's definitely not talking about America. But I think your real issue with that, JC, was that they're taking it out of context. We know that we can take that verse and apply it to us as believers and say, yes, we need to humble ourselves because God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. He draws near to those who have a broken heart. So yeah, we can apply that to us, but it's not talking about us. And I think our real issue is with people that, never preach scripture in context right. and twist scripture to mean what they want it to mean and america is not israel exactly god is not in a covenant relationship with america we are not god's chosen nation i shouldn't have to
0: say these things and i whole we we wholeheartedly believe that we should pray i mean prayer is our most powerful weapon. It's our offense and our defense. D.L. Moody said every great move of God can be traced back to a kneeling figure. We have Mm. prayer. Prayer is how we approach boldly the throne of grace. What we are saying is the fact that this biblical text is being misapplied when it comes to this verse and the context because it has nothing to do with the United States of America but we have heard this verse used over and over and over again that if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, and it's normally just rattled off to get a like, to get an amen, to get somebody riled up. And it honestly, it doesn't fit the context of what scripture is saying. And I like what Josh Cox said. Can't wait to see this guy in Vegas. He said, the problem is, is that people preach this verse that if we do this, God will do that. Mm. That's not a faithful interpretation of this passage because- We're setting people up for God not to come through or for the guilt of, I guess I just didn't humble myself enough. I think this verse implores people of all generations to humble themselves and pray, but preach the Bible, especially in the day that we're living in the proper context, not your agenda, not taking it to say what you want it to say because it's gonna get you an amen or a like or a retweet.
4: Well, when that verse is preached out of context, if if a pastor is not careful, he actually preaches replacement theology. Hello. As if America or the church has replaced Israel. And um, if you don't know what replacement theology is, you might want to Google that. Uh, that's why it's important <laughs> to preach scripture in context. But you know, I think what we're doing when we sell out to nationalism or patriotism, and when that becomes our everything, what we're actually doing is selling short the work of Jesus Christ through his sinless life, his sacrificial death, and his supernatural resurrection. There's an alliterated outline for you. But (laughs) we're beneath the message of the gospel Hmm. because Christ died so that he could create a people called the church, uh, his own people. Paul taught that, as a matter of fact, that we're our citizenship is in heaven, that that we're not just citizens of this earth, but we're citizens in heaven. And our affection is set on things above and not on things that are on the earth. And so look around. All of this is temporary. God, with a look from his face, is going to burn all of this one day, hmm. all of it. So if you're living with your affection set on this earth, this nation Uh, the flag, whatever. You are beneath the message of the gospel. We are one people with every tribe, nation, and tongue set apart through and by the blood of Jesus Christ.
3: Amen, Brian, that'll preach. Glory. And we're not saying that you can't be patriotic. All three of us are patriotic. Brian, as a matter of fact, this week in my memories on Facebook, a video of you singing a song that you wrote and playing a song on a guitar about America and veterans played. And if, if anybody wants to look for it, you can go look on it. It's, it's on my uh, page. It's on Brian's page. It actually went almost viral. I mean, there are a lot of people that like that. So we're not saying that you can't be patriotic. All three of us are patriotic. Mm-hmm. We love our country. We're thankful to live in America. We've all been to other countries. Yeah. We know how blessed we are. Mm-hmm. We can have conversations like this and we have freedom of speech right now. We may not, you know, down the road, if if <laughs> the liberal agenda keeps progressing to where churches are censored and we can't speak the word of God thus says the Lord or be imprisoned, there are other places around the globe right now where that is a reality. Yes. So we're not saying you can't be involved in politics, you can't vote, you can't even talk about your political opinions, what we're saying is you cannot make an idol out of a political party, a political
0: leader, or a personal preference that's not addressed in Scripture. I agree, Nate. We are all patriotic. I mean, my mom, if she hears the national anthem, no matter where she's at, she stops and stands. I mean, that's just how it is. And that's been driven into us. I I also have a video on YouTube. If you type JC Groves in, the number one thing that pops up is me singing God bless America from back when we were in Salt Lake City. And I'm proud that that's out there. I love America. I love 4th of July. I am proud to be an American. You just said when we've all been out of the country and if you've been on a mission trip or you've been out of the country, when you land, you know what normally happens. People that have never been to this country, what do they do? They give a round of applause. You hear clapping. You hear people shouting. And Why? Because they are coming to the land of the free. We love America. The problem is, is when America and who sits in the White House becomes an idol. And I Mm -hmm. believe that's what we're seeing. And how many times have we been sitting in a camp meeting or how many times have we been sitting in a service where, you know, the song, I just want to thank you, Lord, they're getting some shouts. But when they get to that third verse talking about living in the land of the free and the home of the brave, some Yahoo gets up and runs around the whole daggum auditorium with an American flag and they'll sing that verse over and over and over again. In that moment, the American flag and nationalism has become an idol.
4: Yeah, I was in a service years ago as a teenager. And they were singing, thank you, Lord, for your blessings on me. It was actually a, a lady who had a disability, and she was singing that that great old song. And people started shouting, and the louder they shouted, the louder they shouted. Yeah. And <laughs> after she had been singing the song for probably 20 minutes, and the crowd was just ready to explode, a pastor ran up on the platform, got the American flag, started running around the auditorium, running up and down every aisle. And there were probably 15 people running behind him. And when he did that, the crowd went absolutely wild. And and I I couldn't help but think, you know, why? This song is about Jesus. This song is about God blessing us. And uh, why now are we setting our affection on a flag? Because the symbol of the church is not the flag. The symbol of the church is the cross. We don't mm. rally around a flag. We rally around the cross. We were bought and paid for through Christ's work on the cross. That is, that's is—that's our rallying cry.
0: You know, Nate, I believe that a lot of what Brian just talked about with the guy grabbing the flag and running around with it has to do a lot of times with where we live here in the South.
3: Yeah, a lot of times it comes down to more of a cultural preference than it does to the gospel. Mm. And, you know, we love to shoot guns, hunt, go fishing. And so, you know, when Donald Trump gets up and starts hitting those talking points that apply to Southerners, especially, Mm -hmm. you know, we may lean that direction. And people in other parts of the country or people who are from the city may lean, you know, to another leader that hits their talking points. But we can't confuse something that's cultural with something that
0: is supposed to be the gospel. So for our listeners out West or up North, or even those that don't even live in this country, here's a little example of what we're talking about.
2: Evangelicals who are going to vote for Joe Biden are those who have sold their soul to the the devil. Deep levels of conviction that at this point I'll die for. Donald Trump will remain the president of the United States for the next four years. He will. Whether you'd like that or not, Whether you believe that or not, whether you accept that or not, you're not paying attention. He will. He will. So we just got to understand that what they're trying to make us believe is not true. So this is why they're deplatforming everybody. This is why Facebook is going to take away the platform if we're not careful. This is why Twitter has become emboldened. Okay, this is why they can kick the President of the United States off. And this is why, by the way, this is why all this impeachment nonsense has crept back up. Get him out quick. Get him out quick. Get him out quick. Get him out quick. It's a smoke screen. Because if they get him out quick, he can't leak all the information that he has. And he's got a whole lot of it. It's going to burn the whole swamp slap to the ground. (laughs) I said 30 feet from the guy. I'm telling you, he knows what he's doing. There's going to be people that God's going to move off the scene. Donald J. Trump is going to remain the president of the United States. I say and declare that to you right now. I said Donald Trump is going to remain the president of the United States for four more years. That is an absolute positive, authoritative fact. I'm telling you, the enemy is doing everything he can to rip that man out of office. But it's not a situation about Donald Trump. It's a situation about the freedom that we have as Americans. 80%, maybe 90% of the churches in America still closed, hogwash. That's utter, wicked, vile nonsense. Every church in America should be open. Every single pastor needs to be opened up. It needs to authoritatively declare the Word of God, be part of that, what we're calling the black robe regiment okay quit being a yellow robe preacher you coward and start being a black robe preacher and stand up and be willing to lead your people into battle we're in a battle for the soul of our family and for this nation and i'm telling you i'm just looking forward to preaching i mean preaching wide open i'm not here to worship donald trump and beat the drum of donald trump i'm here to worship jesus christ and i'm going to lift up the king of kings and lord of lords and if god almighty is going to give me a worldwide platform to preach to the nation on the platform with the president at the White House, you better know something, we're going to talk about Jesus. I declare unto you that Donald Trump is going to remain the president of the United States of America. You have the story of Ahab and Jezebel end, Jezebel gets thrown down and the dogs lick her blood just like the prophet of God said they would. Don't
1: fret because, I mean, even if this is the end of days, you know, Jesus is coming back and at the end of Revelation, we win, amen? Right, and at the end of this day, and at the end of this, you know what? Go forth. Pray for your country. Pray for our presidents. Pray against the wicked coup that's going down right now. Hey, 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 this is talking about let the days of his coup be short, and let's make America great again again, bless God. Amen. 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 Hallelujah, glory to God. This is a prayer meeting, bless God. Let his children be fatherless and his wife be a widow. Jill Biden, goodness gracious. I mean, maybe she's going to tell, have to tell herself what to do. You know, she She can't guide Joe around on a leash anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, let his children be continually vagab- vagabonds and beg. Yeah, let Hunter Biden beg for crack in prison. You know, don't, don't let him buy it with red Chinese bribe money. Don't let him buy uh, crack with uh, communist Chinese money. Uh, don't let him... Uh, Don't let him engage in human sex trafficking anymore. Let him be a beggar in prison. Let him have to beg for mercy in the same way that the innocent children in his little ring had to beg for mercy. The next way they want you to comply is to sign up for the vaccine. And if you don't comply and they can't control you, they'll kill you. They'll never do that. You don't remember Tiananmen Square, do you? It's all about control. Brother Doug, you're just a rebel. No, I just don't have my head buried in the sand. I just read a little bit.
2: Listen to me. We're a nation that is literally full of rage. Seventy to eighty million people feel like they've been betrayed. May I remind you? that a lot of what was going on when Jesus came the first time will be going on when he comes the second time. Did you know when Jesus stood before Pilate, stood there beside Pilate, stood there in front of the nation, he was betrayed by family? Did you know that Jesus, when he cried out on the cross, cried out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Betrayed by family, betrayed by friends, Betrayed by his own nation, his own country. 70 to 80 million people feel betrayed. We've been betrayed by the news media, we've been betrayed by the Democrat Party, some of our own Republicans, our own representatives, some of our judges, even our vice president. Well, I got Democrat crowd when they
1: stormed the Capitol. There's no defunding the police crying. Defund the play. Y'all defund the police. Get the police out of here. Tell the Capitol police to leave. We don't want them here right now. Bunch of two-faced devilish hypocrites. Amen. Amen. And it's the same thing there. Don't you dare preach that my wife ain't right with God because she wears pants. But don't you let that man and my wife in my child's bathroom yeah. But that's where the lines are drawn. Men of God stand on the wall and they draw lines and they say, this is the way, walk in. This is what I see. This is the end result of what I see. You better deal with it. It's gonna come back and eat you alive. I don't like it, praise God. We ain't voting this morning. Amen. One of our pastors from yesteryear told us, the most patriotic thing you can do is lead someone to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the most patriotic thing you can do. Get someone saved, walk them down the old sawdust trail. There it is right there. Amen. I told Brother Fugit if Billy Sunday looking down the battlements of heaven, he'd be excited tonight. We got the old sawdust trail right here. Amen. Come on, work with me now.
4: Uh, Billy Sunday said that the term Christianity and patriotism, those two words were synonymous. What he was saying is, if you're a Christian, then you are patriotic. He was preaching the gospel of patriotism, which is not the gospel of the Bible. I'm not suggesting that we shouldn't be patriots. I'm not suggesting that, but I'm saying this, your affection cannot be set on the fact that you are an American. You know, Mm -hmm. because think about this. We know that America is going to have ups and downs. America's going to have dark days and America's going to have bright days. If we live with our eyes set on America, our affection set on America, you know, whatever the stock market does, whatever political party is in power, then, then we're going to be on a high. We're going to be on an emotional high. On the days when things are dark and and we're we're struggling to see what God is doing and how can his plan and purpose be fulfilled in the midst of all of this, we we have to be careful because when we set our affection on things that are above, everything is right in the Father's house. Everything is on schedule. God has all authority. You remember in Luke chapter 2, God used Caesar Augustus, you know, people declared him to be a savior. As a matter of fact, the the name Augustus was given to him. It means majestic or marvelous one. And in that day, a lot of people actually referred to Caesar Augustus as the savior of the world. And it was Caesar Augustus and his greed That led to Mary and Joseph being in Bethlehem so that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem, which would be the fulfillment of the prophecy of Micah. God used a sinful leader and a sinful government to accomplish his plan and his purpose. God was ultimately in control. So regardless of who's in the White House, just know it's God who's in control.
0: And the fact that we preach God is in control, that he's perfect in all of his ways, Let's get away from the QAnon. Let's get away from the conspiracy theories. Let's get away from preaching the ideas and the stuff that's found on social media and in the news and our thoughts and our hopes. And let's just preach the gospel. Yeah. Let's love God. Let's love others. And let's live sent on mission, proclaiming the truth of the word.
4: Yeah, that works. You know, the early church proves that. The early church was made up of people people from different regions and different places and, and different socioeconomic backgrounds. And they had no authority whatsoever and they sought no authority whatsoever. And yet it's said of them that they turned the world upside down. Mm. We're so distracted right now. We're, we're guilty of worshiping so many cultural and national idols. We can't even change our street, much less change the world. We need to get our mm. affection back on Jesus. It's
3: good. What a what a powerful statement, Brian. That's awesome. The power of the gospel is so strong that Jesus took a religious zealot uh. who was rebelling against Rome and a tax collector who was <laughs> sold out to Rome <laughs> and he used these two people as his disciples to bring him glory. And you you can You can just imagine the conversations that they had, yet in Christ, they were one. And in Christ, they were chosen. In Christ, their lives were elevated above politics and they were used to preach the gospel. And when we take the extremes of these two political parties, we're doing a disservice to people and we're dishonoring people that bear God's image. I know for a fact that all Republicans are not like the people who were burning down the Capitol this week.
0: That's right. All
3: Republicans are not like the people who are threatening to kill Democrats. I also know that all Democrats are not like the people who were looting and rioting in the streets and burning down cities a few months ago. So we can't categorize all people based on stereotypes. Just because someone voted for Donald Trump doesn't mean they're an extremist. Right. They have to make a choice based on the only two options they have in our country. And just because someone thinks that there's less evil on the democratic side because they lean to more social issues doesn't mean that they're evil and they're not a Christian. I may disagree with them. I may want to ask them questions. I may not understand how they can vote for a party that has a platform of abortion and the evil that is involved in that. But I can't, force everybody into categories that represent
4: extremes. What if the church saw this as a challenge? You know, Jesus said that if you only love those who are like you or those Mm -hmm. who love you, then you're no better than sinners. Mm. I want everybody to listen to me. As Christians, we have a responsibility to pray for Ocasio-Cortez. As believers, we have a duty to pray for Rashid Talib. As believers, we have a duty, a responsibility to pray for Ilhan Omar and all the rest that we would so radically disagree with, and those who would so radically disagree with us, we have to pray for them because the gospel is what they need. Jesus is what they need. Hey, A Republican party is never going to reach them. A Republican party is never going to reach their soul, but the right Christian with the right attitude in the right place at the right time appointed by God can.
0: Mm, It's
4: good.
3: When we show people the love of Christ, we open the door for them to listen to what we believe and to listen to the message of the gospel. And I think if we're, on the other hand, showing them anger and hatred,
0: they're not going to listen to what we have to say. Mm. I think on one side, our hearts break for the pastors that have been preaching the gospel of Trump for so long that they have turned a lot of Christians and non-Christians alike off from hearing them preach the truth, the gospel. And I I think it'd be fitting as we close this out to, Brian, I'm going to ask you just to pray for, those pastors, like I can redeem that ministry for America, for our churches, for the gospel to continue to spread, to be heard, and that we would be careful to not preach our agenda, which is exactly what we've been talking about this whole podcast with an IFB legalistic agenda, but as followers of Jesus, to stay true to the gospel, to preach the truth that never fears a challenge, but to proclaim that truth, and not a political agenda if you like the president or if you don't.
4: All right, let's pray. Um, Heavenly Father, tonight, help us love the beauty and the majesty and the glory and the splendor of Jesus so much that we wouldn't be distracted by, by any other message other than the truth of the message of Jesus. I pray, Lord, that you would help us see him as so wonderful and so glorious and so needed that we wouldn't ever preach a message that would be beneath the gospel that he's given us to preach. The message of the Republican Party is not good news. Hmm. The message of the Democratic Party is not good news. But the message of the gospel is good news. Lord, I pray that you would speak to those pastors that have been distracted and those pastors who have preached Donald Trump blatantly from the pulpits as if he is a message to be preached. His name appears nowhere in the scripture for a reason.
0: Hmm.
4: He's not the central figure of the Bible. And why in the world would we ever wanna preach the message of a political figure when we have the message of the son of God the King of Kings, and the Lord of Lords. Lord, help us to be about that message and about that work. I pray that you would convict pastors who have preached beneath the message that you've given us. Lord, forgive all of us for the days that we hang our hat and our hope on the outcome of a political agenda. Lord, help us to believe that you're in control and regardless of how dark times get, help us to believe that regardless of the outcome, Lord, that you are the final authority, that we can trust you in all things. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Well, hey, we want to thank you for being here with us tonight on the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. Thanks to Free Life Soap for being a sponsor. Remember, 17 spots left on the Vegas trip at the Idea Summit. Go to recoveringfundamentalist.org, click on the Idea Summit tab, use your promo code RFP Meetup, and come and hang out with us in Vegas at the Idea Summit January 25th and 26th. Guys, Next Wednesday, it's going to get good up in this place. We're going to be talking about, what. what's our topic?
4: Apostasy. We've been accused of that, and we're going to address Woo! it.
0: Oh, buckle your seatbelts. It's going to be good. We'll see you next week, right here on the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. Be sweet.